Hello, and welcome to the Revive Church podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Todd has started a four-week series called Get It Together, Reviving Your Marriage. This series is unlike any marriage series that you've heard before. He takes us on a journey through Scripture and also into the Holy Spirit revelation about God's design for marriage. The most important issue in marriage today is that we don't understand the roles of husband and wife. 90% of the problems in marriage come down to one thing. The design is wrong. Once we understand how marriage was designed to work, it becomes easier to have a successful marriage. Today's message is part four, the final, in a series. Pastor Todd shows us from Ephesians 5 how men should love their wives. Husbands need to learn to love their wives as Christ loved the church. This is an element of giving up your identity. When was the last time you asked your wife for her opinion on a decision? How do we set our wives apart for what the Lord wants to do with her? How do we learn to depend on her giftings? Pastor Todd explores these questions and many more in his final session of Getting It Together, Reviving Your Marriage. Final night to talk about get it together in a marriage sense. And I really do hope that you found some real value in what we've been covering uh, because I think, yeah, awesome. I think what we're suggesting and what we've been suggesting over the last three weeks is different. It's different than the typical marriage counseling that you would get. It's different in the sense that we're taking a very simple concept out of Scripture and applying it to our marriage. And so tonight what I want to do is we're going to do out three things. I want to review what we've learned in the last three weeks. I want to talk about the first steps of applying what we've learned. Uh, And then I'm inviting some folks up later to talk a little bit about having made the transition to looking at love and respect in a marriage and see what difference it actually made in a marriage. So we're going to start by going back to Ephesians 5, and I just want to read the foundation of what we've been learning. Wives, be subject to your own husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. And for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, just as Christ also does the church because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is great. 
but I'm speaking in reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So here's what we've been talking about over the last two or three weeks here, that marriage is not a 50-50 deal. And it is not a hundred-hundred deal. And that system of measuring your spouse against yourself is destined to fail. That system will never work. And listen, you will always believe you are contributing more to your marriage than you actually are. And you will always believe that your spouse is contributing less to the marriage than they actually are. God designed the marriage, and no one knows better how the marriage is supposed to operate than God. God set up this basic structure, and if we can, wow, that was called a whistle. If we can get the basics correct, the rest of the stuff is so much easier to deal with. I'm going to talk about that tonight. But here's God's design according to Ephesians 5. Husbands, learn to love your wife just as in the same way that Christ loves the church. Wives, respect your husband in the same way, just as like the church respects Christ. So we went through those two basic concepts, and we started with, because there's the most information, about how a man is supposed to love his wife. And one of the things I did when I talked about the wives and respecting your husband is I gave some tips and hints on how to do that, and I didn't necessarily do that for the husband, so I want to do that. We're talking, first of all, about giving up our identity. How does a husband give up his identity so that the two can become one? Well, here's some things I would ask you to consider. How often do you ask your wife for her opinion when you have to make a decision? How do you pull her into, it's you and I, I need to hear your input, we can make this decision? Do you look for things to enjoy together and plan? Many men I know plan the things they want to do. I want to go fishing. I want to go hunting I want to go ride my motorcycle, and oh yeah, I'll take my wife out to eat on Friday. Men, we got to be better at planning how do we do things together with our spouses. Number two, we set our wives apart for what the Lord wants to do with her. This is so critical, and most husbands aren't seeing it, that Christ set you apart with specific missions, ministries, and giftings. And he's saying, husband, can you love your wife like that? Can you figure out what her giftings are? What ministries uh, can you determine are hers? And here's a big one. How do you as a husband begin to depend on her giftings? 
that's actually a really big deal because initially, <laughs> initially when I learned of my wife's discernment, it bugged me. It was like, why do you have to have an opinion on people? Can't they just be people? And then I realized that the opinions that she has typically come to pass. And all of a sudden, it was valuable to know what do you think is the direction that person's going to go so that I can join in to help them get there. Uh, you thought it was going to be negative and judgmental. I'm saying she's looking and saying, we need to invest in that person there. You don't see it. They're quiet, but I'm telling you, they're gold. So I could say, she's typically right about that. I need to go help that person move along. Number three. We speak into our wives the rhema words of the Holy Spirit. That is so intimidating for most husbands. I have to speak for God to my wife. Listen to me. Prophesy, 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 prophesy over your wife. And you're thinking, but I'm not a prophet. The Bible doesn't say you have to be a prophet to prophesy. It says encourage, edify, and comfort. We should be constantly speaking into our wives prophecy, edifying her, encouraging her, giving her comfort, listening to God's direction that he would give to your wife. And you're thinking, I've never gotten any direction from my wife from God. You know why? Because you haven't asked. Ask God, would you tell me something you want her to know? It may come in a dream. It may come in a letter. It may come out of someone else's mouth that you know, you know what? I'm supposed to tell my wife that. But get used to God downloading to you so you can speak into her. Number four, your bride must be beside you because she came from your side. We talked about Adam and, and the rib being removed, and this is where the wife came from. And Jesus claiming the bride with his death, and the death was verified by a spear in his side. The wife is beside you. Ask your wife to join you in the things you're doing. Ask your wife to be with you. And listen, she'll tell you if she don't want to. But you may be surprised at how many things she wishes you would ask her to join you in, to be by your side. Always look for opportunities to do things as a team. As a team. My wife sees so many things that I never see. I'm clueless. But when I ask her to join me, all of a sudden I begin to see the things that I was clueless about. It's really beneficial. Find things you can do together. Projects, ministries, just because you've been given a gift and she's been given a gift doesn't mean that those gifts can't be used together in a ministry. Number five, our wives are held in high esteem. Praise your wife. 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 I don't care if it's how good she washes the clothes. Praise your wife. Tell her she doesn't look big in those pants. Tell her she looks pretty good to me. Praise your wife. Praise your wife. Find opportunities to praise your wife. Praise your wife at how nice she was to a child at church. Praise your wife at how great a cup of coffee she makes in the morning. It doesn't matter. Praise your wife. Praise your wife. It's incredibly critical. Praise her at home and praise her in front of other people. Six, our wives are holy and blameless and we take the blame. Listen, 
Do not, listen, when someone makes an accusation against your wife, never, never look at your wife and say, that's your problem, not mine. It is your problem. It is your problem if an accusation is being made to your wife. Just like Satan accuses the brethren before God, Jesus intercedes on our behalf. You are to intercede on behalf of your wife. She is holy and blameless. Number seven, raise her up to full maturity in her giftings and ministries. Find opportunities for your wife to use the gifts and ministries that the Lord has placed on her. Find the opportunity for her. Suggest it to her. Why don't you try using that here? Could you help me by ministering to me in this way? Because I know God has made you that way. And listen, that's inside and outside the church. The gifts are irrevocable. If your wife has a gift of faith, it definitely can be used in the church, but it can be used outside of the church. With your friends in the workplace, a gift of faith can be used. Number eight, foster her with tender care. Men, this is where we are still men, but we're tender. I can be straightforward and and straight up with any man in the room and maybe with most of the women, but with my wife, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be loving, especially in front of other people, but mostly when we're alone. So she sees there's a softer side of this guy. He can be tough. He can go get it done, but not with me. He's gentle with me. Christ was always gentle with those believers in the church. He was not gentle with the Pharisees. He wasn't even gentle with Pilate. But he was gentle with those people in the church. Maybe, maybe you have to trust her intentions more. Trust the fact that she's actually for you. Number nine, you will always be with her. Know her intimately and physically and in her soul. The regenerated spirit of man is so that the Holy Spirit can be released into the soul of your wife, become one with her. They used to say it this way. So I'm checking for kids. Okay, we do. (laughs) That the way to the bedroom for a man was through the dishes. Let me tell you something, men. The way to the bedroom is through her soul. Get to know her soul. Get to know who she is, how she feels, and how she thinks. And that will draw intimacy into the relationship. She is not interested in you physically if you do not understand her in her soul. Because if she feels like you do not understand her in her soul, then she is just a toy for you. That's harsh. Wives, on the other side, we got to respect our husbands. We talked about the fact that wives typically easily comprehend, understand, have been taught many times over unconditional love. Find a man that unconditionally loves you. You want unconditional love from your husband. But we have to learn that your husband needs unconditional respect. 
He does not need to be treated like a wife. He does not need to be treated like a woman. He needs to be treated like a husband and a man. And what he's looking for is respect. And he finds love in respect. That'll make more sense in a minute. But we covered the five respect languages. How does a man feel respected by his wife? One of the ways a man feels respected by his wife is through public praise. Ladies, praise your man in front of other people. Say he's awesome. He's great at that. He's so good at taking care of that. My husband is amazing. Number two, we called it acts of honor. How does he do his day, and how can you accommodate the way he does his day? How can he recognize that you're there making his day easier, making his day uh, more accessible? You're doing the things that you see he needs. Number three, the expression of need. I said clearly, no man ever, ever wants you to ask him for advice and then you not take it. There's just something so demeaning in that. It's like if you're going to ask me my opinion when I give it to you, if you don't like it, let's keep talking until I give you the advice you want. You wanted to know that the blue dress was a better dress than the red dress. Just get me there so I can recommend the blue dress and you can wear the blue dress and I feel like you listened to me. But don't tell me which dress, and I pick the red one, and you wear the blue one, and then you tell me, well, I didn't like the red one. Well, then why did you ask me if that was the dress? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Number four, we changed the word, but the intimate initiation. It's not about what we do. It's not about who's in the lead. It's about who starts it. A man likes to know that his wife wants to start an intimate time. Number five, private words of recognition. And what we mean by this is confirming his successes. Men are conquerors. Men want to complete things. Men want to do them well. Recognizing that he has done well. Recognizing that the backyard looks great. You trim the bushes. It's amazing. Uh, you talk to someone and you seem to have communicated with them and got them. I just love the way you kind of laid it out there straight for them and they grabbed it and they understood it. Men like to have their successes recognized. It's a way for a wife to show respect. And each of these things that I just listed is a way that Jesus or the church treats Jesus. We publicly praise Jesus. We accommodate Jesus with our actions. We ask Jesus for advice and we take it. We initiate time with Jesus. We initiate it. We go into a quiet time or a prayer. We confirm and remember and thank Jesus for the things he's done for us. So this is how a wife shows respect to her husband the way the church shows respect to Jesus. Now, let me show you something that's fun. We've talked about loving. We've talked about respecting. But let's go to Ephesians 5.33 one more time. Nevertheless, each individual among you is to love his own wife even as himself. And then watch how this ends because it seems dramatic. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. 
So two things to note in the second half of that. It says wives must respect their husband. It's interesting that he doesn't say wives should love their husband. Wife ought to love their husbands. He says wife must love their husband. In other words, it's of great importance that you respect him. This goes back to that conversation. Men are not looking to be loved like a wife is loved. Men are looking for respect. So a wife must show respect because if you don't, you're trying to love him and treat him like a wife when he's wanting to be treated like a husband. Number two, this is fun. That word respect, go look it up in your concordance. Go look it up in the Greek. Go look up that word respect that's used right there in 33. That word in the Greek is phabeo, phabeo. Why would that be fun? Because the definition of phabeo is to scare something into flight. Wives, you got to scare your husband into flight. How in the world does a wife scare her husband into flight? This is how. You go to your husband and you say, you are the leader and from this point on, I will follow you. And all the men went, I don't think I want her to say that. Because now all of a sudden, the wife is saying, I'll follow, you lead. You lead, I'll follow. So now the onus is all on the man. I've got to lead. You know why? Because she's going to follow. So if I make a bad decision, you know what she's going to do? She's going to follow my bad decision. So I need to think my decision through really well because my wife's going to follow no matter what. So I better lead well. That's how you scare your husband into flight. You tell him, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. So you better know where you're going because I'm going to follow you. I remind you, we follow Christ because he first loved us. You see, what we just did there, we just threw it back on the husband. She'll follow you, but you got to love her. You got to love her, and she'll be okay with following you. We understand that a husband must feel respected in order to express love, and we understand that a wife must feel love in order to express respect. This is the circle. This is the circle, and when you get this circle figured out, you got the marriage figured out. Husbands, it is very difficult to be loving if she doesn't respect you. Wives, it is horribly difficult to respect a man that doesn't show you love. So the husband has to be loving and the wife has to be respectful, but here's what always happens in every marriage counseling session. The wife will say, I'm not going to respect him. He doesn't even love me. And the husband will say, I'm not going to show her any love. She doesn't even respect me. Did I say that right? I think I got that right. And so the question is, who's going to start this thing? Who's going to begin showing love so that they can get respect? And who's going to begin showing respect so that they can get love? What I want to talk about is that has to be started You have to start somewhere. Wives, you have to begin showing respect even if you're not receiving love. 
Men, you have to begin showing love even if you're not receiving respect. Why? Because the other person cannot give you what you need until you give what they need. Mm. So let's talk about some ways to get it started. How do we get this thing working and rolling? Here's some ways. Start in your marriage by showing love and respect. Let me say this again. You start solving marriage problems by showing love and showing respect. Do not start with a problem in the marriage. Do not start by trying to solve whatever the biggest problem is. The way one of you spends money, the way the other one spends their personal time. Don't start with the problem. Start with love and respect. Start by learning how to show love and how to show respect. You must stop focusing on the problem at hand and fix the foundation. Once you have the foundation fixed, you're going to find it's easier to solve the problems. Examples. He will keep ignoring you because he doesn't think you respect him anyways. She will continue to say she wish she had never married you because she doesn't feel loved by you anyways. She will continue to say you are lazy and all you do is play video games and watch TV. Why? Because she doesn't think you put her first anyways. He will continue to say, leave me alone and stop nagging me all the time because he doesn't feel he has any value to you anyways. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So unless we start, we're, we're starting with the problem and the problem isn't, and, and, and listen, hear me out. I know there are problems that need direct attention. I know there are stepkids. I know there is money. I know there are sexual issues. I know there's a past that's not been dealt with. I know there are ex-spouses. I know there are job problems, but hear me out. If you don't start with love and respect, every problem is harder to solve. Every problem is harder to solve. Love and respect need to be in place for the problems to be easier to solve. You with me? Okay. I say it this way. If you want a car to run, you have to put gas in it. Remember what we're doing is we're trying to draw out of our spouse what we need from them, but to do that, you have to give them the fuel. Uh, let me say it clearly. It's not your fault that your spouse doesn't treat you well, but you can solve the problem if you're willing to give them the fuel they need. Are you with me? Okay, so if I want to be respected and I know my wife cannot respect me unless she feels love, then it's on me to start by showing her love so that I can get respect from her. Oh, that's so hard. It's so hard because it puts it on me when I don't feel like it's my fault. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. The question is, do you want a solution? And if you want a solution, you have to supply what your spouse needs so they can meet your need. How do we get that started? Let me just say this. What's going to happen is hopefully spouses are going to begin saying, okay, all right. 
Let me find ways to show respect to him so I can open him up to begin showing me some love. And husbands are going to say, you know, she hasn't respected me in a long time, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start showing her love so I'll see if she'll show me some respect. It's got to start somewhere. So the first time your spouse shows you love or shows you respect, it may seem really awkward and obvious. It could be as simple, guys, as you're watching TV and she comes in and puts a pillow under your feet on the coffee table. It could be as simple as him saying to you, wife, would you pray with me? I'm struck... Seriously, there's going to be wives that do that. Um, Maybe that's the way that he's going to show you love by saying, would you just pray with me? I'm struggling with the decision. And that first time is going to be awkward because both of you are going to know what the other person is doing. Don't make fun of your spouse when that happens. Don't. Don't. Because your spouse is trying to fix things in the relationship. And you do not want to discourage, you want to encourage. And don't, 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 don't correct them when they make their first efforts. Well, you put my pillow under my feet, now my feet are in front of the TV, I can't see it. (laughs) That doesn't help at all. You can talk much later about what works well and what doesn't, but listen to me. Allow successes to happen. Allow successes to happen. Can you imagine how discouraging it's going to be for you if you try to do something for your spouse and they tell you you did it wrong? You're like, well, why am I even trying then? If you as a spouse have to have it done a certain way or it's of no value, you're controlling and you need to get over it. It's kind of like when your kids draw you a drawing. Uh, they, They cut it out of the coloring book and they color all the little animals and they bring it to you. Do you say, kid, you didn't stay in the lines. Take that back. Why do you not do that? Because you want them to know you appreciate what they did. They made the effort. They tried. They're doing something for you. I don't know about you, but was your first date with your spouse perfect? Perfect? Was the first date, was it perfect? I had to drive three and a half hours to meet her for our first date. And when I got there, she was in crutches with a cast on her leg. But I didn't say anything about that three and a half hour drive. You know why? I wanted another date. I wanted another date. I didn't care about the big purple cast that was on her foot. She was cute. We don't criticize the attempt of our spouse to begin showing love or showing respect. We don't criticize. Here's the great way to to move forward even when something awkward happens or it's very obvious to both of you. Here's your response. Men, I'm going to give it to you in advance. Ladies, I'm going to give it to you in advance. Here's your response. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you is one of the most amazing phrases. You know why? Thank you shows respect and thank you shows love. So whatever they try, wherever they start, whatever their first thing that you recognize, oh, they're just trying to show me they love me. Oh, she's just trying to show me some respect. Your response is thank you. Even if you can't watch the rest of the show because your feet are in the way, you say thank you. One more thing, and we'll be, we're getting close to going to a, something different. When you take the love and respect class, uh, there's a thing in the class called seeing through blue or pink glasses. Uh, and what it's talking about is beginning to see things from your spouse's perspective. And if you could believe that your spouse has good intentions and you just want to see it from their perspective, perspective, you could begin measuring what am I doing and how is she receiving that? If I was the wife, how would I see that? If I was the wife, would I consider that loving? If I was the wife, would I consider that kind? In the same way, wives, if I, if I were a husband, would I receive that as respectful? Would I receive that as correction or would I receive that as encouraging and respectful. We got to begin looking through the glasses of the other person. You got to look through the, the vision of your spouse and say, how does my spouse see what I'm doing? It really does help you recognize things about yourself. Uh, we're really, really bad at saying, that's just the way I am. Well, what if the way you are is disrespectful? What if the way you are is unloving? You will never get what you need because the way you are doesn't fuel your spouse. Ouch. So when we talk about love and respect, this is a different model. Most marriages have worked in a world that doesn't suggest this approach because they're trying to appease fairness in a marriage. You be fair, be equal. Let's make sure there's an equality going on so nobody feels like I'm used or I'm doing more or I'm putting out a bunch of effort. That's broke. I'm telling you, stop it. Stop comparing contribution and begin looking at roles. What's my role to show respect to this man? What's my role to show this woman that I love her? That's God's design. God did not say anywhere in Scripture, you better contribute as much as your spouse does. He said, husbands, love your wife. Wives, respect your husbands because you're going to find that's going to make a strong marriage. So I hope that as we have gone through this, we've set a new paradigm. We've said, stop trying what you're trying that you know isn't working. Stop measuring each other. And stop and look at yourself and say, am I being loving to her? Am I being respectful to him? If you can get that thing in motion, if you can get it going, I'm telling you, wives, you're going to be stunned. You're going to be stunned when your husband feels respected, how loving that big oaf can be. And husbands, you know, you get glimpses 
You get glimpses of those times when you've done something really loving and it just really lights her up to say you're awesome and you're great. What if that were all the time? What if we were loving all the time and therefore our wives could be respectful all the time? And I just want to say it one more time. Uh, I'm going to ask the Ferdies to come up here. Jan, if you could help me with these stools. Uh, Massey, if you could help me with these stools. A man is not looking to be loved. A man is looking to be respected, and that's how he receives love. It's not arrogant. It's not egotistical. It's the way we were designed. So here's what I want to do with the rest of the evening. I've asked uh, Nick and Heather to come up. Y'all sit down. Uh, Nick and Heather to come up because Nick and Heather teach our love and respect class. There's actually a class. Now, the, the beauty of this class is it dwells mostly on the practical. How do I think this way? How do I learn this way? How to begin acting this way? As opposed to digging into the actual scripture like we've done over the last three weeks. So they've got some very practical input. I've asked my wife to come up here because my wife is just good at showing me respect. I don't know how good I am at showing her love, but we'll maybe we'll find out tonight. But... Um, She's good at showing me respect. And so what I want to do is I want to just let you hear what we've done to work in this model and what it has done for our marriage. And then maybe if we get a minute, if somebody has a question, we'll take a question or two to kind of close this out. So I'm going to start with Nick and Heather, uh, and I'm going to ask you guys, uh, because this is what I know about you guys. We did this class years ago. You guys were in the first round of the class, and about halfway through it, you were ready to chunk it. Because it's like we're just fighting at home. We can't agree on this. But then somewhere in the midst of it, it finally clicked. It finally hit. And you understood it. And you came back the next week and said, I get it now. Tell me about that. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I think what happened is I realized I don't know everything. <laughs> um, and that maybe I didn't know her as well as I thought I did. Uh, and wasn't as loving as I wasn't as loving in real life as I was in this world I had created in my head. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, I think that's it. I think that um, I saw that God had so much more. Like, gr growing up, my family, uh, we had, there's a lot of divorce, a lot of discord, a lot of disunity. And so it was just normal and natural for me for us to live kind of at odds. And then I realized that a successful marriage was more than not getting divorced. Um, um, and actually, you did a sermon a while ago called The God of More. And so I always thought that, you know, God would keep us married, but he's got so much more for you through me than not getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I realized that, it, it kind of shifted. <laughs> Heather, tell us a little bit about how that shift played out, what you saw in him, what you tried differently. How did, it, how did the change come about? Um, yeah, I, I absolutely just love to talk about this, although I'm going to be very nervous and shaky while I'm doing it on a stage. Um, but for me, what it was was just understanding love and respect. 
I, you know, as most ladies may have already grown up, you know, of what Hollywood's version of what a man, you know, and how to love a husband looks like. So when Nick and I were going through the trouble that we were before we found love and respect, I had him in a box, like he should be loving me the way, you know, Hollywood loves me, right? He's supposed to love me and buy me flowers and tell me I'm great and take me, you know, places. And so, you know, I have this like small idea of what I thought it looked like. And then when love and respect was brought to us when we were having our issues, it just, it really floored both of us because neither one of us knew that what we were missing was love and what he was missing was respect. And so when it was brought to us and it was shown to us how God wanted us to love each other the way that, you know, Christ loved the church, we were like, wow, this is amazing. This is, this makes a lot more sense. And I got to be honest with you, God's design for marriage is so much more beautiful than Hollywood could ever make it. And so, so then it just became my goal to understand how do I respect this man the way God wants me to respect him? Because I, at that point, had no idea what that even looked like. So I, you know, Nick and I just, you know, we went down this road together of understanding love and respect and keeping God at the center of our marriage because as Pastor Ta was even discussing, like, this does not work without God at the center of your marriage, I promise you. So take baby steps at learning to show what love looks like to your wife. Take the baby steps to show your husband any kind of respect because it's so powerful when you are doing what God is asking you to do and you are loving your spouse the way he wants you to love him, amazing things happen. Like amazing things just happen. And I just couldn't encourage you guys more to really just ask God to help you and understand what it means to love and respect. So Nick, tell me a little bit about what your marriage was like before and then what it's like now. (laughs) Without details, uh, it, (laughs) it was dark. Um, I was I was not nice. Uh, I was not uh, very loving. I spoke harshly. I was quite selfish. I was drinking, drugging, um, and just expecting her to always be there to do everything that I wanted her to do. Like, cause that's just what a wife does, right? <laughs> um, so it was it was dark. It was very lonely. I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine how lonely she was. I'm thinking that I'm there, so how can you be alone? Um, but dear God, she was alone. And, uh, you know, in Ephesians it says that the husband loves a wife, uh, or, you know, the husband would, no one ever hated his own flesh, yet nourished and cherished it. And so I had no love for myself um, through various, you know, reasons for my childhood. And uh, I didn't see how that spilled over. How I feel about me is how I treated her. And uh, I just, I couldn't see it until this. And then I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to respect myself. And then I'll know what it looks like when she gives it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was dark before love and respect, uh, hands down. Heather, tell us what it's like now. What uh, changed in him? I, what changed in him was he w- was living his life for the Lord. Not only could I see it 
with his actions, but I could actually see it in his heart. And so, like, one of the ways that I feel like Nick is loving me is just watching him chase after the Lord's heart, because I know if he's chasing after the Lord, then he's going to be loving me, you know. So, you know, I just, that's one of the things that I notice, and I just, I, I just... I just, I, I'm so excited for the, you know, the, the way that God has worked in his life. And ladies, just for me, when I was going through what I was going through with that, the one thing that the Lord wanted to show me was, you know, because there was a period of time that we needed to kind of separate. He needed, you know, a different kind of feeling. And that's when the Lord showed, said to me, now I have you to me. This, let's work on this relationship. I've got him. Let me take care of him. I died on the cross for him, too. I'm, I'm, I, I died for his sins. Let me, you know, heal him. You're not his healer. That was a huge thing for me because we're such lovers, right? We want to love our husbands. We think our love is going to make them change their ways. And I loved him to the love, love, love as much as I could. But um, ultimately, you know, because I was loving and not probably giving him the respect, which is probably what he needed at that time. You know, we didn't understand that until we fully understood the love and respect. So I just think that, you know, go to the Lord, ask the Lord to, you know, help you, you know, help me, you know, how to love, you know, and respect this man, you know, during, you know, some really difficult times because when they are that hard to be, you know, for you to be, you know, respectful towards, that's when you really rely on the Lord's strength to do it for you. You're, you look at him the way that you would look at Jesus, and then somehow you just find a way to respect them. And then when that happens, again, it's just so beautiful because then it just awakens something in them, and then they give you love, and then you both just sit there and pray and just praise God. So <laughs> it's <laughs> Heather, just beautiful. It's so beautiful what I, God does with this. I don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. tell me some of the ways you begin to show respect. So the way that I showed him respect is by encouraging him to stay in God's word and to stay in prayer and in prayer time to make sure that when he was having his alone time with the Lord that I respected that time, allowed him to have that space. Um, when we would have like any kind of disagreement or anything, you know, we, we would pray about it. You know, we would go together in prayer. And so... I think, you know, the best way to do is just, you know, <laughs> allow them the opportunity to make a mistake. Allow them the opportunity, you know, to, you know, because, like, when he's leading, he's going to make a mistake. So we're leading, and we just allow them the opportunity to be human, that they're not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to hurt you sometimes, but it's how you handle that hurt that really shows the respect back to them. You know, when they can be so unloving to you, and you can just look, I love you. Can we, just, can we just pray about this right now? Like something just changes in the room and there is just an, an unbelievable, like, just try this, you guys. It's, it's true. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm going to put me on the spot now and say, Jan, how do you see love and respect playing out in our marriage? Um, <clears throat> I think we've generally... Um, had a lot of love and respect overall. I mean, we, we haven't struggled in our marriage. We've had a good marriage. We've been married almost 20 years. 20 years this year? 20 years, 20 years this year. Okay. Yay. Um, he had more practice than me. Huh? <laughs> you had more practice than me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but I would say that um, in the last few years, when we've just really gotten more of a grip on this, uh, being empty nesters has helped. We've had more time to focus on us 
and doing ministry together, um, we're connected in what we do. So I think what Heather said too is really important that, um, that you really love the Lord because I don't know how we can love another person or show them respect if we're not giving that to the Lord. So like that's our model and if we're doing it well with him, then we can do it with our spouse or another person so that, but I mean, otherwise you're gonna struggle. I, I don't know what else to say, uh, but I think you, some of the ways you showed me respect, um, I mean, showed me love, <laughs> sorry. I respect you too. Yeah, I know, I know you do, it's, it's both. Um, I remember like a couple years ago when it was, uh, I had a milestone birthday and uh, you know that I had lived around Florida and I had lived on the West Coast and there were certain areas that I really liked and you took a week off and you know, life's busy, but you took a week off and you dedicated that entire week to me for my birthday. That week, everywhere I wanted to go, everywhere I wanted to stay, eat, whatever, you just did that and you invested. And, and we do a lot more of that in little ways along the way, but that was one significant way. Awesome. I just want to say that one of the things that so impresses me about Jan uh, is she has 58 things going on all the time, all the time. Uh, and yet uh, pastoring a church is not exactly an easy thing to do, uh, but there is just 100% support from Jan. I mean, it is, what do you need to be doing? How can I help you do it? You know, what do you need today? How do I help you? I, I made some small examples, uh, but they were, uh, they were some of the very first things I saw in the way that she was showing me respect. I, I wasn't asking her to do things, but she was setting up things in my day. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to go get this for you in advance. It's going to be ready for you when you need it. Things I weren't asking her to do. And what I saw was she's thinking about my day and how does she help my day be a better day. And, and she was just taking care of that. Now, those are little day-to-day -day things. But listen, when you're a pastor, you got some hard days and you got some depressing days and you got some down days, but she never, uh, she never pampered me. If that makes sense, guys, she never, uh, she never became a, a shoulder for me to cry on. It was all right. Well, you know what to do. So get busy doing it. It was motivational. It was, I know you're capable. I know that this isn't going to take you down. I know you can keep going. So how do I help you keep going? Uh, and it was, a, it was a message of respect in that she saw who I was and what I needed to do. And it was like, I'm here to make sure you succeed. So how do I make sure you succeed? What do I got to do to help you succeed? Uh, and, and for me, that's just huge in our marriage. It makes me want to say, she's been doing all of this. How am I going to let her know the appreciation I have for her? How I let her know I love her? What, what kind of things can I do? Say to her, what she's done is she's pulled the love out of me because of the respect that she showed. Uh, and, and the beauty of it is it makes for a really strong marriage. We just really like hanging out. We really like doing stuff together. Uh, you know, we're, we're the kind that will go on a, a, a three-week cruise on a cruise ship and actually like each other the whole time. It's incredible. It's amazing. Um, so uh, if you are a wife and you're trying to figure out, I'm not exactly sure how, how I can show him respect. What kind of things can I do? I'm going to tell you, talk to my wife. 
because she's got this thing figured out. Like I said, I don't know that I love her as much as she shows respect to me, but I hope she feels loved by me because I feel very respected by her. And that's, that's why I can say to you wives, your husband is not looking for you to show him love. He's not. It, it, that may be the words you've always used, but what he's actually looking for is respect, and he's going to receive that as love. Cool? All right, anything else you guys wanted to say? Go, go for it. So I was just going to quickly add, because um, I know Pastor Todd was talking about the pink and the blue, and another thing that really helped me when Nick and I were going through things, and I know this sounds so simple, but remembering that he's a male and I'm a female, and I, I like how in you know, the class, I won't give too much of the class away, like I believe it's Matthew 15, 9, I probably won't quote this right, but haven't you read? From the beginning, you know, I created male and female. So right there, I just, it was, I mean, I know it's simple, but it just kind of hit me. I'm like, well, of course he's not going to act and think and be and do and everything the way that I am because I'm a female. So I think just understanding just the basics that he created male and female can kind of help the situation too. So, so, uh, so with the... Um, if you're, if you're going to be given room to succeed uh, as a man showing respect or showing love to your wife, then you have to also be given the opportunity to fail. Um, and, and she gave me grace beyond grace uh, in, in terms of failing. So I'm trying to be loving. I'm like, no, that didn't land. Okay. <laughs> Cross that one off the list and, and come back. And then eventually, though, if you keep trying and uh, you find it. Um, and you know, like one of the first things that, that I found that she found, that she felt the most loving was me sharing feelings, not facts. So I would share my day with her in a bullet list, <laughs> like the Excel spreadsheets that I look at all day, uh, and, and she wasn't impressed. Uh, and then I was like, well, this time I got a little scared or nervous, and she was, Really? And, and, and so she's like, tell me more about that. And so I just think that you just keep trying. Keep trying. Um, I guarantee that your wives uh, will show you grace, and you will find how to love them. All right. Because we have a lot of guts, I'm going to say we're going to take three questions. So who's got a question? All right. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. <laughs> Okay, so I was going to say one last thing. Um, I think there's a line <clears throat> from a movie that says, you had me at hello, <laughs> right? So that's kind of how it happened. And I think if we get off track, which I, I don't feel like, you know, life can be challenging, but you don't get off track. If you do get off track, just get back on track. I mean, that's what we do with the Lord. Go back to your first love. Go back to how it originally was. We, we had only talked on the phone <clears throat> a few times and I had broke my foot. And he lived in Dallas. I lived in Houston. And the next thing I know that morning, I have a knock on the door at 1030 in the morning. And I'm in a lot of pain to get out of bed. I hobble to my door. And there's a delivery man with this huge bag of food for an entire week that he had delivered to me. So that was so loving, but the thing is, it, it didn't stop. It's just how we live our life. So we, you know, it's the love and respect, and it's just always there, and then it doesn't stop. But if you get off base, just get right back on track. All right, so anybody got a question? Yes. 
One of the strangest things he's what? One of the strangest things the Lord has given us that's blessed our marriage. Go ahead. Well, it's been wonderful being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It has made a, a, a much deeper difference, a better difference. We've enjoyed being empty nesters. <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we got married, there was children. Todd was a widower, so there were children right away, so we just kind of jumped in running. Um, but so we've kind of done a lot of things backwards, and we're sort of enjoying the honeymoon phase now, right? So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Does yeah. that yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, this this first time in our life we've been childless, so that was so getting our kids to move out. How about that? A, what a blessing! What a blessing that is. It just well, we we love good the question. Lord. We both love the Lord, and having a common mission. So not everybody gets to work together, but you can still have common ministry together. Yeah. And I, I think that's important to you know share things in your relationship with the Lord in some way, whether it's mission, ministry, something, you know, things you're doing together. Like he's got some hobbies that I don't enjoy as much, but we have things that we do together that we love, like boating or whatever, just eating out things, you know, food, certain things. Cool. Who's next? Two more. Yes. So in the, uh, in what you talked about with the five respect languages. Yes. Yeah, I, I will say this, uh, in, in, and this isn't the first time I've taught this material, uh, but it was the first time I wrote the five respect languages. And, and honestly, that's probably been the biggest feedback I've gotten in this month. Thank you. Thank you for those five things that, that now make sense as to, I mean, wives have said, I now understand how to show him respect. Husband has said, I had three different husbands come to me and said, I never realized until I heard you say it, what would make me feel respected. Uh, and so I don't know if we're going to, if we're going to write the five respect languages book. Um, but I think now that you know, uh, you can express that to your wife. And I think most of us know, and this is, a, this is an odd way for me to say it, but it's an easy way for you to grab. Most of us know when we feel disrespected. It's like, okay, you talk to me that way, you treat me that way. You can't focus on that. You have to spin it and say, what is a way I can tell her I want to be approached? What is a way that she can correct me where I feel like she honored you, you make uh, the comment a while ago about giving a lot of grace when you make mistakes, okay? Men make mistakes. We do. We mess up. And to have someone say, that was really stupid, isn't really helpful, okay? But for someone to say, man, I appreciate the way you tried, feels better. It feels better, you know? It, it didn't work, but you really, really tried hard. Uh, so maybe the point has got to be for you personally, you've got to look at what kind of things do I want to hear? What kind of things am I hearing or that are happening? And instead of saying, stop doing this, you've got to spin that to, uh, can you start doing this? 
Does that make sense? Okay. Yes? Uh, just in general, any guidance for uh, people that have come out of marriages that didn't work out? And, yeah. You know, just... Yeah, this is what I would say because I had some feedback about, I'm sorry, his question was, what about people who have came out of marriages that didn't work out? Okay? Um, it, it would be easy to take a message like this and go back and blame yourself and say, well, I guess I wasn't loving or I guess I wasn't respectful to my husband and therefore the marriage didn't work. I think God always looks at you where you are. I think he always, I mean, we all got a past. Am I correct? We all got things we'd love to forget and not remember. And, and there are things in my life that I would like to not have in my memory about me. Okay. Wish I'd never have, but I don't think God ever looks at us that way. Uh, unless he's bringing your ex back into your life to give you another opportunity where he's saying this time, I want you to learn to show her love. If he's not bringing that person back in, then what he is saying is when, and if I bring another person in, I don't want you to do it like you did it. I want you to do it this way because this way is going to show you a better result. So rather than beat yourself up about the past and, and go back and analyze it, I, I think any of us could look at a past marriage that didn't work and say, you know, maybe if I'd have tried this, it would have helped. But if you can't reclaim that, if you can't fix that, then the best thing to do is say, okay, God, going forward, if you bring someone into my life, I want to focus on building the relationship this way instead of the way I did. I don't know if that helps any, but here's what I want to say to you. Man, if it's over, if that marriage in the past is over, it's dead, it's gone, she's remarried, whatever it is, let it go. Let it go because all of that, whether it's shame or guilt or I wish I had done it differently, is doing nothing more than holding you back. And you need to be free and released because the next person who comes into your life doesn't want to know you're still fretting and worrying and stressing and shaming over that past. They want to know that you're going to be available for them to build a future. Cool. Anything else? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Just lift it up to him and let him take care of it. Amen. You know, can, can I put that in, in, in different terms? I mean, I'm going to say what you've said, but in different terms. Instead of trying to fix him, you're just going to fix you. Okay? And, and, and honestly, that's really the core of what we're saying is that when we're providing what we need to provide, it's going to open them up to be fixed. So I got to go fix me. I, I got I to gotta show her more love so that she can be open to show me more respect. So I, I appreciate those words. Um, this is what I will say. If you're struggling in your marriage, start with this. Uh, if you have the opportunity to go take this class, love and respect, it is not a repeat of what I've taught in these four weeks. 
It's a much more practical approach to using love and respect. And this is an excellent couple to teach it to you because they've been there, they've lived it, they've changed, they've walked in this new way, and their marriage has improved. So I pray and I hope that these last four weeks have been a benefit. They are out there on YouTube. If you got somebody you can give it to. So let's thank the Lord and we'll be done for tonight. God, you designed this beautiful thing called marriage. And whether we're in it, have been in it, are going to be in it, it still works the same the way you designed it. I would just ask, God, that you teach us a, uh, an understanding of what it means to love a wife and to help a wife understand what does it mean to respect a husband so that when that foundation is laid, God, the problems that come along, we solve them with love and respect. Thank you, God. Thank you for designing us the way you designed us and then giving us to each other so both of us could have what you designed for us to have. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at reviveusnow.com. What if, in our attempt to get something from Scripture, we are missing the point of that Scripture? What if in our desire to do better and walk our Christianity more closely in line with Scripture, we are missing what the Scripture is about? Pastor Todd's latest book, Flip the Script, takes a fresh look at what the Scriptures are meant to teach us about the kingdom of God so that application comes from spiritual understanding instead of behavior modifications. This new book is available now on Amazon, Flip the Script. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com slash give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.